somewhere out there somehow some ways that from West Side Story I don't know. You know what I need to get is a second shot of tequila. Oh, shot. Oh, we in here. We in here. And it's uh, getting spicy. Welcome, everybody. My name is Chibi. My name is Rooster. And this is After Two Tequila Shots and Opinions podcast, in which we talk about what's going on in the world after taking two tequila shots. Happy to be here. It is always unfiltered, uncensored, uncontrolled by Greg Abbott's Congress, unpredictable, but always distilled. distilled. Let's go, people. Hello. We in here. How are you doing today, Chibs? You know, it's another week. It is. It is another week. Um, the weather has been all over the place. Yeah, because it, it was like Sybil. a week ago, it was cold. It was cold, cold. Like, n- unnatural to South Texas cold. Like, it was colder here than it was in New York City. Yes. Uh, which is, shut up. <laughs> which is uh, unacceptable by any means. And then it went back to being like 75 and fantastic. Sunny for like... Four hours? No, it was a few days. And then this like storm came in and like, I don't know. So like, that's been my week. It's been a week by Sybil. Hmm. You know? All right. Uh, Your your week? Pretty good. We made a slam team. We have sound effects. (laughs) We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, No, we are. We are on a team together. Yet again. Again. This would be time number three and a half. Yeah. Because we were on a team for like half a season and oh, then COVID, yeah. happened. COVID happened. Yeah, True yeah, yeah. But anyway, for anybody uh, joining us for the first time, my name is Chibi. I am a poet, performer, publisher, producer, and community organizer, and also officially a Herkel Turkle. Oh, yeah. The people who like staying in bed. Yeah. I, because that, that is what I do. I wake up and then I stay in bed for like another hour, like checking my phone, responding to emails, you know, like I don't get out of bed when I wake up. And um, that apparently has a word in Scottish and it's herkle durkling. And you are ascribed I, to it. I herkle, I durkle, I am the king of the herkle durklers. Just like good. some are lollygaggers mm-hmm. and, 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 and. I'm dilly, definitely a lollygagger or a dilly daller. A dilly dallier. Yes. Yeah. I saw this. <laughs> my <clears throat> husband showed me this one reel where it was like, uh, I am a dilly dallier. <laughs> you give me five things, I will do one. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely my yeah go to. Yeah. Um, my name is Rooster. I'm a poet, performer, and occasional podcaster here with the Gemini's Network. And um, what's new with me? I am just really uh, happy to be here. Next week is uh, it, it's February already. It's already February, it's, and you know tomorrow it'll be December. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next week I'm going to AWP in Kansas City, which I'm looking forward to, and also not looking forward to. Not because shout out to Kansas City, uh, love. Shout Always welcome the, on the pod. Tech nine, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, all of Kansas City, yeah. Missouri and Kansas, Missouri, Missouri and Kansas. Uh, <laughs> but it's gonna be cold as shit, friend. Oh yeah, that's what they're saying. Okay, like, and I don't have winter wear. No, you're gonna have to get there and buy winter wear. <sighs> At least one puffy coat. Yeah, but one, you, a pea coat. Yeah. 
right? Probably. Overcoat. Yeah. Gloves. Yeah. Earmuffs. Mm -hmm. That's it. When I went to New York in February a few years ago, I was ready to kill everyone and myself because of how cold it was. And then as soon as I got earmuffs, it was like, oh, we can be friends now. (laughs) (laughs) That fixed everything. Right on. That was so miserable. I'm going to have to get some. So what are we drinking you tell me, uh, speaking of cold, it is cold, but it is giving me the warm and fuzz, the, the burn inside. What 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 did you bring us here? Uh, this is Olmec, I think. Olmeca Altos. Olmec, yeah. Olmeca Altos, 100% agave reposado tequila, complete with a batch number. Yeah. It looked, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll admit, I typically go to the specs on the way to your house okay we're trying to be more proactive and say hey no let's get the bottle like you know a couple days in advance so we can maybe post it let people know yeah. you know whatever we um didn't. and yeah so friday comes <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when we were supposed to pop but because of lightning and such and 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 the, the storms that you were talking about, couldn't do it so now it's saturday but uh i, I went to my local it's like the nicest liquor store in my hood okay so the selection was kind of slim. Okay. Uh, this one did stand out to me. The bottle's cute. She cute. Uh, it looked a little artisanal in the design. So I was like, okay, okay. Uh, and then it was like, I was like, let's see where we're at at this price point. So you're not a fan. No. Not at all. I, it's got, the the ether is heavy. Sure. The ether is heavy. The, um, the burn is lasting mm-hmm. the um flavor is tart tart and so um i did not have optimism going into this because when i was in ireland and i was t- looking for tequila there were two options mm. jose cuervo especial mm-hmm. or olmeca ah. not this because this apparently is olmeca altos mm-hmm. um but still seeing that name triggered me and uh, it lived up to its trigger. I yeah. would just say I'm having this moment of like, all right, okay, we gonna get through this. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Are you? Of, I'm not of mad a at different it. mind. Yeah, I, 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 I would pick it over Jose Cuervo. Yes. Especial. Especial at the twenty four dollar price point. Well, that's not bad at all. At all. That's exactly where I'd put this. Yeah. And you, I, I honestly feel like if you were to have this either at your house or at a bar with salt and lime. Yes. This this is the kind of tequila that needs the salt and lime. It would go off. I mean, the party would go off because you just keep on salt and liming and shot, 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 shot. Yeah. And before you know it. You know, it's three o'clock in the morning. You walking through the bow-legged streets of shit. Southtown, yeah. bow legged and without a shirt, and wondering, you know, like what's your purpose in life? And then a car is going to come by and splash puddle water onto you, and you're going to look up at the sky, and the clouds will part, and all of a sudden it'll start raining, even though the clouds have parted over you. Yeah. You're going to be like, "Why, God, why?" We've never actually had that conversation about like at. You're drunkest on tequila. What type of tequila drunk are you? I'm 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 a chill because it is your go to. Yeah, like it's one of yeah. those things where like if I know it's gonna be a long night, mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring tequila. Right. Because you I drink know, it the way I drink whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna drink it. I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna have a good time. We are gonna be great. Like you know, 
giant bottles of tequila are kind of like the go-to on like New Year's Eve, right? Because it's like, we're going to be here a long time. So let's go. And, you know, you're just chill and happy and warm and fuzzy. And then, <laughs> out, and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, Ugh. Right. <laughs> okay. So that's where we're at on that. Cool. I don't think this thing is winning any awards, but. Definitely not. But well, speaking it's of what awards, we're here for. Speaking of awards. Uh, let's kick it into second gear, which is the major news event recap of the week. Let's go, people. Okay, this is not a recap. No, this, this is first, a forward. This is a, we are predicting, perhaps. I don't know about predictions, but um, we started this podcast last year after the Grammys because I had a lot to say about the Grammys. Um, so stay tuned in two weeks when Rooster gets back from AWP. We don't have a lot to say about the Grammys. Mm-hmm. But the Grammys are, as of this recording, tomorrow. If I uh, edit this correctly, today, mm-hmm. as of your listening, um, which I'm excited for and also know nothing about who's nominated where. Which because you didn't look into it? I just did Yeah, I didn't look into it. I didn't look into research. I think I, I like the Grammys because I like music and it's usually like music heavy and award light. You know, it's kind of like, here's this band. Here's this band. Here's this singer. You know, so I'm, I'm excited to just watch people perform and, you know, do the Grammy things. I did look into the... <clears throat> spoken word poetry mm. uh, nominations, uh, which is the second year that the Grammys have spoken word poetry as a category. Um, I will say they were spoken wording. Cool. Spoken wording. Well, you know, uh, I didn't see it. You didn't see any. Did you? You didn't see any of the nominees. I saw some of the nominees, but you know what's hilarious is I completely forgot this spoken word was a fucking category. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, uh-huh. oh shout out to Queen Sheba. Queen Sheba up in there. Prentice hey. Powell and mm-hmm. Sean Williams. Okay, their album is just a live recording of their two-person show. Cool. Um, Asia Monet. Yep. J. Ivy there again. Kevin Powell is there. This is. I listened to most of Asia Monet's uh, album. It was really great. Um, the interesting thing is I was listening on Apple Music and like I don't think spoken word is a category on Apple Music. Like if you're distributing through Apple Music. And so like Queen Shiva had, was under the alternative category mm. and Jay Ivy was under the hip hop rap category and Asia Monet was under the jazz category. Mm. And all of these like made total sense. The one that I will, I said it last year, I'm saying it again. Jay Ivy's album is not a spoken word album. It is a hip hop album. Yeah, that's what you've said. I've said it and I stand by it. And not that it's a bad album. It's a great right. album. It's just, you know, you, 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 you miscategorized friend. Sure. Who do you, who uh, would you pick out of the ones that you've heard? I'd say Asia Monet's. Same. Yeah. I've kind of been right. Like, I, if, I, welcome on the pod. Yeah, always, always welcome uh, on the pod. Asia Monet is one of those those spoken word poets who sometimes I feel like a lot of uh, poets don't know about because regionality is a thing mm-hmm. and Asia is very much New York, East mm-hmm. Coast, uh, and, and, and in sort of... I don't know, spheres that sometimes a lot of people who come through the the spoken word scene maybe don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, I I don't even remember how I found Asia's work, but I was just very like, man, this person's amazing. Yeah, it's it's very powerful. And the minimalistic approach that she takes in terms of the production and the music uh, that accompanies her poetry in this album is just like really well done and Mm -hmm. like and just hits the mark for what she's writing about. 
so yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, that isn't given during the main broadcast. It's given during the pre-broadcast. So I will be watching the Grammys from 3 p.m. onwards tomorrow to catch all of those. And uh, we'll see what happens. Good luck to all y'all. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Faelita Hicks, who is currently at the Grammys. Yeah. Out there doing the thing. Doing uh, it. Part of the Recording Academy. So on to uh, less happy and idealistic news. Um, Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass. <laughs> of all cities. We... Love you, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to my Eagle Pass homies. Uh, but this is about the border deal that never was, because apparently there is a there's a brouhaha mm-hmm. across the border happening specifically there in Eagle Pass, because as it was reported by many news outlets, there were many months of senators and representatives arguing about the Ukraine and Israeli Israel uh, funding bills mm-hmm. and tying it to border reform. Mm-hmm. So a bipartisan deal was done or as close to as done as possible in the Senate, in the Senate and passed. And oh, they didn't vote on yeah, okay. it. Okay, but so it's that's the th- and, slated to pass. And we'll see. This is where it gets complicated because the word is it was done, but mm-hmm. no one has actually seen it ah. because it was all on the hush. But everyone was like, "Hey, cool, we got it. We're about to launch this." And then, and then the Donald Trump of it came in and called as many MAGA Republicans and Mike Johnson, the House Speaker, and basically was like, "We don't want Joe Biden winning shit mm-hmm. uh, before the election, so kill it." And they did. And now it's causing Republican infighting. Yeah. Or it will bill. be killed. Because the way it's yeah. looking is that the Senate will pass it. But it won't but pass. But once it gets yeah. to the House of Representatives, it will be squashed. So dead why pass it at all? Yeah. Uh, to, so that people can say that they did something. Well, no. But see, that's that's where the infighting is coming because I think there's some Senate Republicans who are like, yes, to everything you're saying. Uh-huh. But they're also... At this, there's also the other Senate Republicans who are like, but if we're going to send something just to die, it makes us all look bad. Mm-hmm. So let's just not do that. No, it makes them look bad, I think. Right. I think that the real, you know, of it all, I, there's a word for that, probably in, in Scottish, um, is there are, there are actually senators in the Senate trying to do their job. And then the rest of them are just trying to toe the party line and do what looks best to. Mm-hmm. Maintain power. Maintaining power is absolutely what it's about. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to that whole point of Republicans do not generally have a platform. Mm-hmm. They say they do. They gin up a lot of this controversy, a lot of the fear mongering, whether it's things like fentanyl, whether it's things like, you know, Invasions of undocumented immigrants, CRT, transphobia, Uh all these things. And but they don't really genuinely want to do anything to help their constituents or really progress anything outside of getting corporations more rich. Exactly. So and and the thing about this, too, is what is actually happening in Eagle Pass, which is separate than what is happening in um, in Congress and in the Senate in that. The, the, the fucktard that is uh, Greg Abbott has ordered the Texas National Guard to go and secure this park. There's a park in Eagle Pass that's on the border. They have set up barbed wire, not even barbed wire fences. It's just barbed wire on top of barbed wire on top of barbed wire to keep out Border Patrol, which are federal agents, mm-hmm. so that the state can handle this and like has, has completely like enclosed this park to be like no we are taking care of this this is what is it called operation lone star yeah uh 
in which now they are facing some uh, legal issues because the national border is a federal federal issue. Yes, it's Mm -hmm. a federal issue. It's a federal border. So federal officers are the ones that are in charge of it. But Greg Abbott's like, but it's also my state's border. So I get to do it. Um, So they've completely commandeered that park entirely. And now, today, actually, as of this recording, an entire caravan of MAGA-loving freedom Toten motherfuckers. About 200 of them. Yes. Have gone down in a supportful protest of what is happening of this. Greg Abbott. Yeah. And it's like I was seeing images of it on CBS Saturday morning because I am in my upper mid thirties and now watch CBS Saturday morning. Yeah, as one does. Uh, And it's just, you know, like exactly the caricature you would think it is it is rvs painted with the american flag and a bald eagle all across of it donald trump's face yes on a tank it's it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and like then you have interviews with people from that live in eagle pass being like oh so i don't know i mean like it's it's fine if they're peaceful but if like you know it it could get bad you know they're bad apples there might be some bad apples Mm mm-hmm and um, I know the Kickapoo Resort <laughs> down there is getting all kinds of money. So shout out to them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I guess here's my question. So <coughs> the media reporting on the invasion and what's been happening. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think. My, is it blown out of proportion? Yes, I think the I mean, it's not blown out of proportion in that. Yes, we're, we have a crisis at the border because there isn't a plan in place to deal with it. The plan right now and the plan that has been for a while has just been like, no, y'all, don't come. And that's it, right? Uh, but people are still finding a way to come to, like, seek asylum, right? These aren't people that are sneaking into the country because they're, like, crossing drugs. Like, these are general, you know, like, legit asylum seekers. Uh, but the problem is there is no plan right now. And so it becomes this monument of well, a problem. And Republicans break whatever plans get made. Mm-hmm. And then throw their hands up and say, Democrats don't want to do anything. It's like, no, you Mm -hmm. broke what was was intended to fix problems. Yeah. And then there's also just this flood of like misinformation and stupid people uh, who are like, I just wish, you know, we could go back to the way it was a few years ago where people could come across legally and request their asylum. And it's like, no, that that, that wasn't happening a few years ago. You are completely disillusioned, friend. Like, this has been a problem for a while now and nothing happens because nobody wants to work with each other. Well, because I think there's the issue of border senators and it's, it's, it's split two ways. You have the border problem and then the immigration problem. And these are two separate things. The immigration problem is the problem in that it is a broken system. Mm -hmm. And what no one really ever gets to the heart of is that no one wants to fix it. And so what you have is this kind of catch 22 now that Republicans and Donald Trump started, which is in this particular fight that's happening is the reason why this border deal didn't get passed is they're saying, you know what? No, we don't want to do that. Joe Biden has the power to execute uh, executive decisions that can close the border and get things done the way Donald Trump did right mm-hmm. now, if he were to do that. And he's saying, I'm not going to do that. And so they're heaping that blame on him. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, it's like you had a bill done that would have corrected these problems and well, you don't want to at do least it. helped right. in some way. But here's where it ultimately becomes a crisis is because Fixing the border does not still does not fix the immigration problem. And 
they don't want to fix that problem because it's a conversation they don't want to have with their constituents and they don't want to have out in the open because when you really ask them like what is to, to reform immigration you have to come up with a number what is the number that we allow mm -hmm. because if it's if it's if we don't agree to those terms, then it's not going to work. What about uh, things such as the asylum policy? Because if we don't agree to those terms, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Obama had catch and release. So one of the other huge problems is, is with Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, essentially human trafficking migrants <laughs> yeah. to New York and, and flooding other cities with migrants who are here. The problem, the re and people are like, you see how this is happening? It's, it's overflowing. It's a problem. It's because the old policy of catch and release was destroyed and dismantled by Trump. Mm -hmm. When you had catch and release, a lot of the immigrants would come to their court dates, but it wasn't on us like to house them and put them in, in mm -hmm. shelters that eventually overflow and become problematic and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so they would get released. If there was a faster system, I just realized, I think I have, can you hear yourself? No. I Oh, no. Am I here? Yeah. yeah, I can hear myself. Oh, okay. Am I too loud? No. Oh. I just saw you wearing different headphones than earlier. Oh, my bad. It's all good. So if there was an, an actual system of like, person comes over, claim, is seeking asylum, great. Here's a work permit, you know, a temporary work permit. Here's your court date. Go pay some taxes. Pay some taxes, figure it out, get a job, you know, contribute to the local economy. Mm -hmm. But the other bigger problem with this, if, as you were talking about, like talking to constituents, is the... The problem is too complicated. Do you yeah. think so? <clears throat> yeah. No, lay it on me. Yeah, the problem is too complicated because to really fix the root of the problem is not to fix what's happening at the border, but to fix what the United States did down in Colombia, down in these countries that people are like fleeing from mm -hmm. that caused the circumstances that they continue to flee from, right? right. But that becomes too complicated for American Joe, right? Who just thinks that Black and brown people are coming to steal his jobs. Uh, my see, I I, I completely it, it becomes a Rand Contra, <laughs> right? No, I, I I I agree with all that. That those are definitely reasons for why we have these pro crises. I think for me, it also becomes more simple because, in my opinion, it, it's a question of do people have the right to move or not? Because, for example. When the 2008 uh, recession happened, almost Great Depression happened, and you had cities like Detroit and the whole Rust Belt collapsing, those individuals moved, uh, many of them moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. And granted, it's like, yes, same country, get it. But we have as, like, they have more in common with Canada than, like, they do with Texas. Mm -hmm. And similarly, like, Mexicans and a lot of Latin Americans have more in common with Texas and this region than they do whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's this thing of, like, well, yeah, like, when pe do people have the right to move to search for a better life or not? Nah? Yeah. And, 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 but see, that's, that's, that's the <laughs> argument that people don't want to admit. And because, well, they, they, they do want to admit that so long as it's white people moving. Well. Because as soon as, you know, Ukraine came under attack, hunt. 100,000, I don't know the exact number, but right. a shit ton of asylum-claiming refugees were fast-tracked mm -hmm. into the United States. Da, uh, Melania Trump's parents were fast-tracked. Yeah. Why? Because they white. Mm -hmm. So I think it goes back to the the, the root of the problem is the, well, to quote you, nationalist, xenophobic mm -hmm. attitude towards immigrants problem. Right. And when, you, when we understand that the system is that fucked up to where Donald Trump can just fast-track his 
in-laws, yet you have immigrants who are on the rolls waiting for court dates and things like that, that he then removed judges from Mm -hmm. and just sandbagged the entire system on that have been waiting for 10, 15 years Mm -hmm. for hearings. It doesn't work and Mm -hmm. it's out of whack. And that's what I think the the general population doesn't understand. Mm Again, and then we also need to actually ask the honest question of what type of a crime is it to enter into a country uh, illegally? Because it's a misdemeanor for now. Mm -hmm. Like multiple, you can get worse. But that's the thing is it's like crossing into anything is typically like, okay, yeah, like you were trespassing, like great. But now they want to turn it into this culture war where it's like, no, like they they want to shoot and murder. Yes, these are evil these people. invaders. And it's like, but they're not. Right. They're and just again, people. They're just people who are like saying, hey, it's not working here. I need to get over there. Mm-hmm. Like that should be fine. And when they're like, well, how come they don't go over here? How come they don't go? That's also part of the problem. You don't understand. They are going over there. There's people who stop in Mexico City <laughs> and just build lives for themselves. There's people who stop in other countries or who go to South America and start lives over there. Like this happens all the time, but you, it, it, mm-hmm. America ha- sits on top of the world in, in this myth mm-hmm. that we are the land of the free, where the streets are paved with gold and all that other thing they sang in fucking West side story. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live in America. Clap. Yeah. yeah. Everything great in America. How do you think America got started? It was people migrating from a country where they were being shit on mm-hmm. and they moved to this other country and kind of took it over. But, you know, with the idea of like, well, maybe I can build a better life here. Yeah. These people are just doing the same things. Mm-hmm. You have this thing. We need a new name for MAGA Republicans. Yes. Because can in we this call fight, them shitholes? No. Oh, damn. The I want to call them Delulu Republicans. Delulu. Here's why. Bitch, <laughs> he don't love you. He don't love you. Trump is that guy that they got Delulu over. Mm-hmm. They wear his cornball outfits. Mm-hmm. They wear his merch. They send him money for his legal fees. Mm. This motherfucker don't love you, boo. Uh-huh. He is cornball trash. He's the one who is D- DMing you at 2 a.m. Literally via email <laughs> being like, yo. We got to keep fighting. Well, you got to show your love and support from me. attack on me. It's It's an attack on you. So send me $20. Send me $50. Boo, he don't love you. He don't love you. You and Delulu. Okay. Because here's here's the why. It's an abusive relationship. Emotionally abusive relationship. Because in the Republican schism that is happening in Congress. Yeah, right. Play the tool song. <laughs> um, in the in the schism that's happening, where you have you know these Republicans like who who want to get things done, and then the MAGA Republicans. I think we're, the Freedom Caucus. The freedom. Like I don't like this branding. I hate the branding, and I I think we got to get control of it. Uh-huh. Because when you say MAGA Republicans, it's like well, you, it keys in Donald Trump, it keys in xenophobia, yeah. and all these other things. But it also at the heart of it is make America great. There, we're, no, we're we're we want America. America first. We want uh-huh. to be this shining example. It's like, no, 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 no. Y'all are Delulu. Y'all don't <laughs> believe in education. Y'all don't believe in actually voting toward your best interest. Y'all believe in this con man who has lied to you extensively. Left and right. Boo, he don't love you. Uh-huh. With 90 counts. Of 91. Ind- indictments. Yeah. Indictments. Uh, we're actually going to talk about that a little bit later. I like the Delulu. Uh, I liked when they were the Tea Party because in my head I could call them the Tea Bagged Party. Yeah. Right? That's exactly. But no, what I think that's exactly the, what I'm saying. They are tea bagging. Mega Republicans sound too 
like almost uh, like aus- like stern and austere and like I don't almost noble. Fuck that. No, y'all are because again at the same time too, Trump is never hanging out with y'all. He hates you. He as much as he shits on the elites, that's all he wants to hang out with. Yes, and that's all he wants to be. Yeah, he don't want to live in Kansas, boo. He don't want to live in Iowa. He's not doing anything for anyone in West Virginia. He ain't coming to your house. Anytime soon. At all. You can come to his party. You can come to his apartment, you know, these rallies. And you know what I'm saying? I I have a really uh, strong feeling that no one that supports Donald Trump actually listens to this podcast. So we may just be throwing this out there for us. No, but that's what my goal, though, Uh is because the people who do listen to this podcast, I want y'all to take the Lulu Republicans (laughs) and spread that far and wide. And because that's the key is we got to flip the media narrative. That's it. That's it. Spread it like wildfire. Make fetch happen. Yeah. All right. Speaking of wars. Speaking of wars, Taylor versus the Repubs. You put this in last minute. I don't know what it means. So, you know, have you heard of this person by the name of... I, I th- I'm gonna try and get it straight. Taylor Swiftay, Swiftay, Swift, Swifto, Swift, Swift. I don't know if you hit the T hard. Swift. I'm, I'm having a vision of mm-hmm. someone with red lips, sure, uh, and blonde hair, right, and a Kansas City Chiefs jacket. Yes. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised you have, maybe have seen this in your CBS morning maybe. routines when you're you know doing downward dog and you know warrior <laughs> pose and vacuuming and stuff like that, but. On the news right now, from Republican media outlets, they are losing their shit over Taylor Swift. Doing? Being at football games, one. And then two, asking her cons- like fans on social media to register to vote. <laughs> like, to the point... That Republican media is now even going as far to create conspiracy theories saying that Taylor Swift, even her entire career now, I'm saying from the beginning till now, has been a Democratic psychological operation to gain this humongous fan base uh-huh. to then create new Democrat voters. And they are shitting bricks. And it is nuts. Take it away. Where are you seeing this? Every, look, everywhere. No, 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 no. Oh. Like, where have you seen it? What they're saying? Yes. Everywhere. Like Fox News, Newsmax. Okay. And, I'm, okay. and not just on okay, like so, one show. So not everywhere. No, on, on, n- no on those. Republican media. Okay, yes. That's Republican what, no, no. media. And, 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 and normal, I guess, media, they're right. just reporting on it. Okay, that makes total sense. That yeah. is hysterical. Uh, they're, on normal media, they are reporting what Republican media is losing their this, shit over. This is akin to Hillary Clinton is in a baby-eating cabal. Yes. Uh, and, um, and I can't can't believe that Obama wore a tan suit. The conspiracy is going so far that they believe the federal government fixed it so that the Kansas City Chiefs won the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl so that more Taylor visibility could happen so that Joe Biden could win the election. Uh-huh. On that, you know what I did see? What? I saw somebody making a claim that what's Taylor's boyfriend's name? Ta- uh, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, right? If he wins the Super Bowl, he gets a $20,000 bonus, and that's why Taylor Swift is with him. And it's like, yeah, a female billionaire is with this football that maybe for pays for 20. her gardener. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I'm like, are people so desperate for new, like for quote unquote news? 
That's what it is. It's because we are in, in, I mean, we're not in peacetimes at all, uh, but locally, you know, yeah. here in this national circuit, it's one of those things where like, there's, there's nothing to report on because nothing is happening. Yeah. If is, you are a Republican who listens to this, if you're a Delulu Republican who listens to this, let us know why you hate Taylor. Please. Email us at. After two tequila shots at gmail.com. That's after the number two tequila shots at gmail.com. We kind of got a lot to go through. You know what is happening? Zuck snap. And talk versus parents. Did you see this? Uh, maybe. Tell me. So. I know they recently got their ass handed to them on the Congress floor. Yes. So social media giant Mark Zuckerberg also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, welcome on the pod. Uh, at any time. Because we, got, we, got, we got questions, Mark. Mm-hmm. We, got, we got questions. Um, Snapchat and TikTok were on Capitol Hill they getting were. grilled mm-hmm. by senator mm-hmm. uh, senators and specifically parents about this idea about making social media more manageable for parents to I don't know understand what their kids are getting into but also to you know like prevent their kids from getting into things that they shouldn't be getting into well, this I assume. Is, oh, okay, I thought you were <laughs> making the point. No, yeah, I assume. But I well, assume. so I here's my thing: How much do we care about parents anymore, bro? Like, do we fucking <laughs> like they're but, they're but, their own group, and they kind of annoy the fuck out. But of me. that's why, like, we're in com- we're in a completely different phase yes. and circle of our lives. I will tell you because I'm teaching eighth graders right now. I just blessed myself. I'm teaching eighth graders right now, and. Um, we had them write generational odes in the last class, right? We looked at Allen Ginsberg's Howl, and we actually looked at the fourth generation by hey. you. And the teacher actually loved that poem. Sweet. And uh, I lent him your book, and he's he's a fan now. Sweet. Um, Shout out to you. Welcome on the pod. Always. So uh, had these kids write generational odes, right? And as like pre-writing things, it was like, okay, what are some of the things that like define your generation, right? What are some things you have in common? What are some of the things you love about your generation? What are some things you don't love about your generation? Where do you see your generation going, right? So like making lists to then do that. The vast majority of them, at least the ones that like wrote anything and shared, because the vast majority didn't, uh, because eighth graders right now are reading at a fifth grade level, reading right at a fifth grade if level. you're lucky. It's, uh, it's a thing. Um, the vast majority of them wrote about like how they're tired, how everyone's always on their phone and like they see these movies of like kids playing soccer and being outside and, you know, going on adventures. And all this is today is tablets and phones and social media and they hate it. And it's like, I'm glad you're self-aware. 100. So, yay, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of them, all of them Here- listed like when it came to like, what do we have in common? We're all addicted to our phones. Yeah. And who got them addicted? Zuck. No, the fucking parent. But see, I think this is part of the problem because going to one of the the notes that I have here, Lindsey Graham, the senator, has said- I'm going to let you cook and then come back. Has said that social media literally has blood on their hands Uh uh for- things and mm-hmm. they even related this issue to tobacco products uh-huh. and how they had blood on their hands and changes had to happen and yet will refuse to do any changes to gun control of course we're so pinning that or whatever we we know we know we know we know we know but uh, this is my thing as up in arms as parents get about social media is who puts the tablet in the kid's hand. Yeah. And I'm fucking tired of that because I've seen these kids as young as four or younger. Yeah. They're the tablet generation. Having these, the tablets. Yeah. Toddlers, to- toddlers, you know, kids under 
eight, they are the tablet generation. People, and it became a like, here, take your tablet, go sit on the couch and leave me alone. Right. We were the TV generation. Yes. In a lot of ways. And it was like, that's going to rot our brain. Sure. But the TV generation still was a communal thing because you yep. couldn't just put on headphones and isolate yourself. That right. Part too. And so then your parents could listen to what you were doing, even if they were like cooking in the kitchen or something like that. Right. Like, I know. I never watched growing up. I couldn't watch Ren and Stimpy or South Park because mm-hmm. it was too vulgar for my young mind. When right? I was little, and, like, there my was... parents could monitor that because yeah. you can see it and you can hear it. Now you can't monitor it because there's headphones. Mm-hmm. It's all small. Um, and yes, I will say to go back. It is our generation's fault. At least, you know, mm-hmm. like when we think about the generation that has kids right now that are like middle school, high it's school us. age. It's because the thing is, when social media first came out and was introduced to the world, we we're in college. Yeah. We were adults, you know, or, well, MySpace kind of came before that. But even then, you know, like MySpace, is, uh, I don't know. I was in college. Yes. Uh, you were in college. I was in high school. Right. right? So young adults. Yeah. Right. Perspective and, we had. Yeah. And we knew life prior. Exactly. And so it was this new thing. You kind of dabbled and you were like, Chibi is currently walking down 6th street yeah, yeah did you ever post those awkward <laughs> shits that you look back on your facebook like, like memories I, and you're like yeah why did i share that yeah, i yeah. didn't need to it's i mean it's basically what twitter is it's like why is anyone sharing any of this yeah. y'all um, shout out to jay alejandro for liking all my <laughs> dumbass posts from 10 years ago dog you a real one so you know like again we had perspective we had knowledge we had experienced life without social media now these parents who you know like Got social media in their adult years, um, have passed it on to their children, and uh, their their little childlike minds don't know what to do with it or how to properly use it. And so I think, yes, there, there, it does need to be more regulated for sure. I, for a stint in college, I worked for a social media app called Bebo. Bebo. I think I vaguely remember Bebo. Bebo. I still have my like Bebo ID <laughs> that I need. It's the only ID I have that actually has the, my name Chibi on it. All oh, the man. other ones are my legal name. Um, and I worked as in content moderation. I would just go in and, and you know, like, you're clearly not 13. Remove, deactivate. That's mm-hmm. clearly porn. Remove, deactivate. Right. You know, like, just like that was my life and I hated it. Um, but more of that needs to be happening and then also more control needs to be given to the parents and you see things uh being enacted by companies like apple wherein like in the device itself you're able to like say which apps how much screen time kids are allowed to and monitor that and control that because these kids you know like it's a rush of dopamine every time right and if you're getting dopamine highs at such a young age eventually you're going to dopamine flatline and start looking for other ways to get dopamine like drugs and alcohol cheers yeah salute i think i completely agree with you but also i i think there's thank you for coming to my ted talk no yeah Applause. Um, I, I agree. I think there's also a complicated side to this, which is we have strayed so far away from what social media's initial purpose was to what it is now, to what kids gain out of it, to mm-hmm. what anyone really gains out mm-hmm. of it. Like I look back at some of my Facebook memories and as corny as those posts were, I realized I was talking to my friends. Mm-hmm. I, it has been years since I felt like I'm just talking to my friends. Mm. I'm talking to a lot of strangers or a lot of people who just follow me for whatever reasons, poetry, other shit. And it, sometimes just whatever kooky mm. shit that I do. And it, I don't real. I, I realize that like 
then even though I am very anti-brand, like I'm, I don't want to ever be that person who's like, I'm a brand. I, I, I still feel like there is a curating process now that it, that just happens naturally and is actually taking over more because it's like, well, fuck it. I don't want to give content to Facebook about my thoughts on like, say, Israel, Palestine or Black Lives Matter or whatever crisis is happening because it's just they're getting rich off of it. And two. I want my whatever I post to sort of, again, like benefit the art that I create or benefit mm-hmm. like my purpose for using this. But again, that's so far removed from just what social media was supposed to be, which is just a place to hang out with friends. Now it's news. Now it's where we meet our friends. Now it's where we create entire it's our platform to sell shit. Yeah. Now it's 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 commodification. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's idea that like as a content creator, you are working for these platforms for free for free. They are making money off of you. But unfortunately, big or small. unfortunately, we now live in a society that places value on your social media footprint, you know, and that in turn either puts a ceiling on how high you can go or raises the ceiling. Right. Uh, and so it's a it's a necessary evil if you are trying to make a living off of something that requires you to have people that invest in you, yeah. right? Whether that's selling goods, you know, uh, retail, or whether that's artistic endeavors, um, or fucking influencers, whatever the fuck that means. Um, so yeah, it's a sad, sad world we're living in, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know what to do about it. I, I think just to put a fine point on it, okay. Zuckerberg's an asshole. Yes, we know that. And they've been selling our shit. He looks like an uncircumcised penis. Fair. I yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> um, still welcome on the pod, and we'll say that. Of your course, face. yeah, 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 yeah. Mark, uh, and uh, I mean, that's not good. You know, there's no negative or positive connotation there, right? No. Uncircumcised penises are what they are. Yeah, they matter. And uh, yeah, and and some are You're beautiful valid. and some are not. I hey, didn't say hey. you were a beautiful or not beautiful yeah. uncircumcised penis, all right? You just take that, all You right? wear that hoodie proudly. That's right. That turtleneck is yours. Yeah. All right. Speaking of turtlenecks, <laughs> actually, that doesn't fit at all. That doesn't actually, fit. None of this. We mark, are, a note, mark a note on this because I don't even know if we want to talk about this. Okay, I'm going to make a mark and wait a second. Marked. Um, so I think, you know, the generation has lost themselves. They are lost out in the ether. They don't they don't know what to do. They don't know how to compose themselves because all disagree. they've known is this one thing. Right. So they don't know how to compose themselves in real life and amongst real people. That's true. You know, so they are lost. But they know how to exist there. There. We don't. You and know, that's what the problem is, is parents don't know how to exist there where they know how to or are failing to. But like shit, every generation does this. Every generation yeah. is like, these kids have lost their minds. They're going to Woodstock. These kids have lost their minds. They're on drugs going to Studio 54. These kids are lost their mind. They're going listening to Metallica and mm-hmm. Ozzy Osbourne. On, down, on, down, on, down. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the failure is always, in my mind and heart, going to be the parents. You cannot blame children for the sins of the shit that you you gave them. Yeah. You gave them the tools of their demise. Yeah. They don't have money. They don't have jobs. Well, I don't think they're blaming the children. I think they're blaming the companies for no, not putting enough No, but they're not blaming themselves. Well, that. That's what I'm saying. That. And it's like, but again, I think every generation, and, I th- and, and, and let me kind of get off the gas a little bit on parents. I'm not trying to come down on you heavy, heavy. But what I'm saying is, is that there is this, this thing where 
the the world when you're a parent, as far as I can see from the parents I've I've known, is you 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 do have that greater realization that yes, the world can be a cold, mean place, and it can hurt those who you love, and specifically your kids, who are these sort of blameless individuals for the most part. Mm-hmm. Some of them are assholes, uh, <laughs> but then when you see like these these larger forces quote unquote corrupting your child you want to fight back at it but then again but where does the get the, the accountability get yeah. yeah where does the accountability lie yeah, who absolutely. introduced them to this yeah yes so. uh, shout out to our friend asia uh, who has a kid who is technologically savvy and knows how to order things for himself on amazon yeah and he's like 6 years old yeah. no i think he's 8 actually I don't know. I ain't never met him, but welcome on the pod. Always welcome on the pod. Asia and Eris are always welcome on the pod. So speaking of those that were lost and now found, question mark? I mean, I'm invested. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. That was the question. I saw this and I didn't know. Here's the thing. I haven't seen anything about this, but here's the thing. Y'all that are listening don't know what we're talking about because we haven't said it. We're just looking at things on a screen. Amelia Earhart. Mm-hmm. Right? That's who we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Amelia Earhart was a female pilot, one of the first female pilots to female pilot and went on this trip and disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. The lore around the Bermuda Triangle has always fascinated and frightened me. Sure. So much. I don't go there. I don't go there either. (laughs) So many stories. Like, I can't tell you the number of, like, stupid sci-fi TV shows I've watched, documentaries about, like, the Bermuda Triangle and who's gotten lost there and why it might be and how it might be like a gravitational black hole or a portal to another dimension and all of that jazz. Like, I'm here for it. Give it to me. Uh, But don't give it to me. Like, I'll over there. So what is this news? So I do care. If we found Amelia, I want to know. Potentially. Because I have been invested in her life story since I was like eight. Okay. So they may have found her plane in the (gasps) Pacific. It's going to take years to confirm, but an oceanic uh, group of explorers who just searched the ocean for shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Stumbled upon wreckage at the bottom of the Pacific. Okay. And it looks very amazing. The, the Pacific. I'm just saying, friend. We don't know where the, her ass disappeared. Her ass disappeared in the Bermuda we, Triangle no, in we the don't. Atlantic. They think that shit. We don't know. That's where we lost contact with her. But who do we, we, like I was there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I was just like, Amelia! I was like, beep, 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 yeah. beep, 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 Left on red. Yeah, the whole way. Yeah, we don't know. So it's in the Pacific, it's allegedly. It's in the Pacific. Okay. I so, now have my doubts. Okay, fair okay, enough. Keep going. So they found wreckage and they do, they believe based on the evidence that they see, which is a, some grainy sonar uh-huh. photography, that it could be the wreckage of Amelia Earhart. Wow. Because she was trying to circumnavigate the globe, right? Yeah. That was that was the trip that she yep. was going on. First woman to circumnavigate the globe and then got lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Circumventing. So then maybe, maybe portal. it is a portal and she went through the Bermuda Triangle and it sent her into the Pacific. And that's why she was like in this big, wide open ocean being like, I don't know where I am and I need fuel and there's nothing for miles. Yeah. Well, I hope. I, so you're you. You want us to find Amelia. I do. That's fair. I do. I want answers. OK, okay. I'm 50 50. If we find her, great. 
cool. I mean, it's not going to like weigh on me. Like I'm not going to worry about it and stay you up at night. You seem worried, friend. No, no, no. I'm excited. Or invested. I, I, no, worried is the wrong word. Invested. I, I am not invested. I am excited by the possibility. Fair. As soon as we stop talking about it, I will forget. This sure. excitement. But that's because of the Olmecs Alto. Olmeca Alto. Olmeca yeah. Alto. Um, so let's switch gears. Let's get it. We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> okay. And we're already 45 minutes into this pod. I mean, 50. 50. All right. We're getting into our new segment. A handful of people. Wait. I got to do this the right way. A handful of people decide. 2024. New shit. New shit. Real hip hop, hip hop. Okay, let's see if we can get through this quickly. No shot, Nikki Haley. What's this? What's she doing, man? I don't know. What is she doing? You she's hanging on. She's gonna do South Carolina. Do you think she's is just South Carolina happening right now? The it way happens that... at the end of February. Okay, February so right 24th. now it's just Democratic South Carolina. Yes. So yeah. that's all that's happening. The twenty fourth is a Republican, right before Super Tuesday, which is at the beginning of March. Okay. I mean. So, she stands a shot in South Carolina. She has been getting under Trump's skin a lot lately. Yes. And um, that is her home state. And you do have a lot of Democrats in South Carolina that are not entirely happy with Uncle Joe. Mm -hmm. Right. And are intrigued by a Nikki Haley. This is who Nikki Haley is trying to get. The the n- never Trump Republicans and the eh, Joe Dem- yeah. Democrats, right? That's a great way to put it. And if if she can get enough of those, she could do well in South Carolina. She can lose by single digits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 am I laughing or am I crying? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what this lady is doing. I really don't see a, a, a clear path to victory. Well, she's still doing it, so keep doing it, lady. We Please. ain't shutting you down. We're not. We're not. Go we're, on ahead. Rock we, out, Not bro. that we support you in any which way, shape, or form. But keep it, doing it, you, boo-boo. It could be, I, I think I remember seeing a poll, you know, like wherein like they're like uh, Trump versus Biden, wh- who would win in a national election um, Haley versus Biden, who would win in the national election. And I think the polls were favoring Haley versus Biden in terms of ha- Haley taking the win. Um, because, I mean, I got to call a spade a spade. There are a lot of Democrats that are just kind of like, I mean, what has Joe Biden done for me, really? Which kind of really? segues into the good part, which is since Ron has left and since it, it I don't want to say for all intents and purposes, but... For all intents and purposes. But can uh, we people, say for all intensive purposes? For all intensive, that's the, yeah, Omega. <laughs> no, for all intents and purposes. That's the way it should be said. People. Yes. That's the correct way. Biden has been improving kind of in the polls uh, as people are starting to realize that it's probably Trump, Biden. Sure. And they're realizing, oh, yeah, we can't fucking deal with Delta this guy. the switch. Yeah. That's where we're at. I will say the uh, Israel thing is probably hurting him. Absolutely. A lot. A lot. A lot. lot. Because there is the um, part of the uh, Democratic Party and the independents that are far lefter than where Biden is willing to go Mm -hmm. and are just fed up. You know, right now, the South Carolina primaries uh, for the Democratic Party are happening as we speak. 
And a big thing to watch there is, is turnout, right? Like, are people energized to come out or are they just like, you know what? I like neither. I'm not voting for either, right? Right. Uh, I heard this really interesting story on um, This American Life, uh, the podcast. Go listen to This American Life. It's It's one of the best podcasts out there. It's been going on for more than 20 years. Um, Wherein they were talking to people, Democrats, they were campaigning in New Hampshire for Nikki Haley, trying to convince independents and Republicans that a vote for Nikki, trying to convince independents that a vote for Nikki Haley in the primaries was not a vote for Nikki Haley, but it was a vote against Donald Trump. Right. Right. Uh, And so they kind of sort of maybe made some impact. But the idea being that it doesn't matter who's on the ticket. As long as it's not Trump, right? You're not voting for Nikki Haley. But if you as an independent go and cast your vote for Joe Biden, you're just kind of throwing away your vote right now in the primaries. But if you in the primaries as an independent go and vote for Nikki Haley, you're actually doing something that could prevent Trump from being on the ticket. Mm -hmm. So and it's interesting because if it is a Haley Biden runoff, like I, I, I think that's 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 a contest worth watching. Sure. If it's a Trump-Biden rematch. Hold on to your butts. Uh, we're going through hell. Speaking of Donald Trump, <coughs> Donald Jack-in-the-box Trump, uh, I just saw this today, actually, that the his federal election interference trial has been postponed indefinitely because of his uh, pending immunity appeal where he's like I'm immune I'm the president I can't be I, I can't be in, I can't be charged for these things mm-hmm. and the judge just said well we will hold the trial until this uh is cleared out I don't like it I mean obviously mm-hmm. but I think that the reason why I don't like it is because I think that it signifies the problem that Democrats And just individuals in these spaces, whether they be the judicial space or the um, representative space, so like senators and House of Republican members who don't want to necessarily be the one whose name is attached to the thing that is in the fight. Mm -hmm. And I understand why, because every person who has been seen as against Donald Trump, whether it be the two Georgia election officials Mm -hmm. who were just bombarded with like racism and death threats, they don't want that heat or Liz Cheney or Liz Cheney. They don't want that, that, that horrible deluge of, Delulu Republicans. <laughs> I'm gonna let you cook for like 30 more seconds, and then I want to get away from politics no, because no, no, no. this episode has been politics heavy. That's about my. That's my point. But I think that's why it's indefinite. Is everyone is waiting for the for the shoe to drop somewhere else? And it's like, no, you either have to be the shoe, or we all have to be the shoe. That's my point. All right. There Fucking, was an old lady who lived in a shoe. Yeah, and uh, she was a Delulu Republican. She too. was a Delulu. Republican, but you know what? She had a big foot and she probably played with Barbie. Let's get into our next segment, which is one of us doesn't know what we're talking about. And Bigfoot and Barbie are is the thing that I don't know what we're talking about. So let's see what's going on with that. Uh, this also kind of uh, ties into it goes down in the DMs. Uh, so shout out to Cubby Cake and KP for ask, t- saying that we need to talk about this. So hip hop beef. 
Oh. Do you know? Damn, who- I knew I should have invited Paul today. Oh, I, you know, I, I, I almost did. And then because of the Grammys, I didn't. But damn. Okay. Um, lay it on me. I don't. Um, Between Nicki Minaj and Meg Thee Stallion, which artist ah. do you think, which artist do you know more songs by? Uh, Nicki Minaj. Really? For sure. Yes. Okay. Yes, cool. yes, yes, yes. So, Nicki was our queen. Sure. Okay. And some would say still. And some would say still. Exactly. So Meg Thee Stallion came out with a new song. She's on this whole snake theme thing. Snake. Yeah. So her first out, her first song of this new rollout was called Cobra. And now she has this new song called Hiss. And in the song Hiss, she just seems to be taking a lot of shots at the industry and people. She doesn't name anyone. Uh-huh. But... More to, straight to the point, she has a bar that says something along the lines of, y'all ain't mad about Megan, y'all are mad about Megan's law. Do you know what Megan's law is? I don't know. What so it has is. to do with how sex offenders have to register in the communities that they live in. Uh-huh. A lot of people are reading that, and so has Nikki as a shot at Nikki, because Nikki's husband is a registered sex offender. Oh! Yes. For something that happened, I don't know, apparently when he was 15, I'm mm. not getting into all that. Sure. So Nikki- This isn't TMZ. Nikki and the Barbs. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's our next goal. Uh, So Nikki and the Barbs decided, you know what? Nah, fuck this. We need to respond immediately. So about 15 minutes after the song dropped, Nikki goes on Instagram live. She's playing music. This sounds like it's a diss track. Everyone's like, ooh, she's about to come and like slay because she can rap. Uh And she drops a song called Bigfoot because... Meg the Stallion is very tall like Bigfoot and got shot in the foot. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Oh. But the song <laughs> was a dud. I have garnered from what I have seen on social medias that Nikki took a shot and that shot didn't hit the mark at all. Yeah. So about how much of this, as I've explained it, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I just... N- all I know is that something was happening between Nikki and Meg, and that's about as far as I know. <laughs> Do we as a podcast support hip-hop beef? Hmm. That's a good question. I, as a person, mm. do not. Fair. Because I don't, I don't like beef. Fair. I don't like drama. I'm like, y'all did the, you know, the, the world is big enough, you know? Um... You, as a fan of hip-hop, do you support hip-hop beef? I generally do. This time, I don't think I support it. Huh. But it's because I feel like the music industry as a whole is at this weird industry, like point that superstars need to align and be down for each other. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm kind of tired I'm, of I mean, the pa- didn't Nikki and Meg put out? They did. They put out a song. A song together? But yeah. then Meg did a song with Cardi and Nikki has beef with Cardi. And that song with Cardi went bigger. Everyone danced to WAP. Because the world loves wet ass pussy. I mean, yeah. And, and that happens. Get over it. Move on. Write better songs. Right. You know, <laughs> and so and there's there's other wrinkles and layers to it, industry stuff. But I'll say this. I think as far as 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 their beef is concerned, I, I know our, our initial reaction is to kind of or from what I've seen. So I'm not going to say we as in you and I are 
anyone in particular, but from social media that I've seen, it seems like the, the initial reaction is to applaud it and to encourage it and to get in the DMs and to get messy. Because it's entertaining. Why do you think people watch The Real Housewives? But I, Why I think, do you think people watch Jersey Shore? Because they like to see messy people be messy. I think that's played out. Well, I, well clearly it's not. It might be Fair. played out to you. No, no, no. It was played out to me 20 years ago. Like, I, I don't subscribe to any of this, which is why I'd like hip hop. Do we subscribe to hip hop beef? No, I haven't sure. subscribed to beef for a very long time. Yeah. But the general American, you know, Delulu Republicans do subscribe to beef. They do. They want to see it happen. They love watching other people fight. Yeah. And I think we got to get past that. Yeah. Anyway, so let's, that was that. Let's get past it. Speaking of people fighting. Talk about it. It is time to bring up our weekly drag race <laughs> drama. <laughs> we do not own the rights to RuPaul's laugh. We do not own the rights to RuPaul's laugh. Do but not sue us, Ru, but to. you are welcome to the pod. Okay, let me see if I can remember exactly all that happened. Uh, because at this point now, two episodes have gone by since we last talked. Uh, and in one of those episodes, bless her heart, Plasma. Plasma? Plasma, that's her name. Okay. She did not want to play the Barbara Streisand character. Even though... She is the Barbara Streisand character. She was like, I want to show my range. And she got like put into the Barbara Streisand character role. I don't know what that means, by the way. Okay. It's just playing a role that's supposed to mimic Barbara Streisand. Got it. In a uh, in, in a live sketch comedy uh, challenge. Kind of like it. SNL, sure. but it's RDR. Okay. And so fucking kills it. Like, like it was the only laugh out loud moment I had was in watching her do her shtick as Barbara. The every everybody else sucked. Mm. Just everybody else sucked. And she won. And then on the flip side of that, bless her heart. Mirage was not good. It was it, it was a mirage. Oh. OK. And then ended up being kicked off the show. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone break down so hard at being kicked off the show. Like she had no words. She was on the floor, crouched, sobbing for an obscene amount of time to where everyone was just like sashay away. Yeah. Sobbing with her, just being like, ooh, this is painful to watch. Ooh, I'm hurting. But also like, bitch, go yeah. like act like every other professional that has come before you. Sashay. Sashay. Away, uh, so that was interesting to watch. And then this past week, and yeah, this is all spoiler. So if you haven't watched it, um, sorry, not sorry. Also, Fast forward. I don't know how many people we have uh, that listen to this podcast that actually care about Drag Race. Um, so this past week, the tension between Plain Jane and a mandatory meeting mm -hmm. just continued to escalate. Mm. In that they were placed on the same team. Dun dun dun. And uh, hated each other throughout the entire process. And um, sad to report that a mandatory meeting has gone home. Damn. She wasn't that great. Fair. It wasn't mandatory. Happens. We, we didn't need that in our lives. Um, and the people that they thought were going to lose, the underdogs, it was like that team, that team, because it was a team challenge, that team, mm -mm. that team won. 
good for them. That's right. We love an underdog story. Mighty Ducks, bitch. We love bananas and braces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means. Exactly. But I'm here for it. And that's why we call this segment... One, One of us, us doesn't know what we're talking. We could have done that together. We no. were so there. Yeah. I'm not all about unison outside of poetry group pieces. Come on. Sorry. One, One of, of us, us doesn't, doesn't know what we're talking about. about. Ah, let's get out of here. That's all we got. Uh, moving on for how much for a gram. This is stuff that we've seen on the Instagram that we need to talk about. Attorney General Ken Paxton is anti 420, according to the Texas. Big shocker. Yeah, right. According (laughs) to the Texas Tribune, uh, Ken Paxton, aka Ken Buzzkill, aka Ken Get Off My Lawn, is suing five Texas cities that have decriminalized marijuana. Austin, obviously. Colleen, shout out to the 254. Elgin, San Marcos, and Denton. Bitch, why? Okay, so here's my question on this, because there have been a number of states that have decriminalized marijuana, even though it's still criminal on a federal level. Or flat out legalized. Or flat out legalized, even though it's still criminal on a federal Federal. level. Mm -hmm. Why is this bitch trying to stick his dick in other people's pies? (sighs) That's the question, isn't it? Because... Because Texas culture wars, I think, are different than other culture wars. How does he enforce this? All right, so, like, obviously, the DEA is the federal drug enforcement place, right? But when you get down to the state level, if the state has legalized it, how much is the DEA involved? I think the DEA is not in the equation. I know it's not in the equation here, right? So that that's just the federal to right, state. Right, right. So now what going think- from state to local, if the city has decriminalized it or legalized it, who from the state can actually do something Contrary to what local laws are, His and name? isn't that what Republican? What it means to be a Republican is to decentralize government and to let local authorities take command over their local jurisdictions. It starts with an F and it ends with a schism, <laughs> and that's what it is. It's it's he's going to take it up to the Texas Supreme Court. They're going to be like, "Yep, no, it's still illegal federally. You can't do that." And Greg Abbott's going to have that shit off the books but to your point like yeah bitch why bitch is missing a fantastic uh taxable revenue stream that the state of texas could be benefiting from yes legalize it tax it put that money back into our schools pay our teachers well let's not be abbott elementary y'all 62 percent of americans want it legal yep and i think in texas I, I I do kind of suspect something here, Chibs, and this is something I kind of do want to touch on a little All bit. Right. We won't go too long because we're going long anyway. But still shorter than our first episode. Fair. <laughs> is it time for Texans like you and I to cut the shit and actually get in the fight? <sighs> Because we do the national fights. We march against Trump. We do the Women's Day marches. Wait, we do the abortion marches. But we have to, because I'm tired of living. This is the problem with Texas, for those of you outside of Texas, is we have these blue and purple zones. Mm-hmm. If Texas was split into five states, which it could because it's so large, True. three of them would probably be Democratic states. Yes. And the numbers show that 
really even across rural Texas, when you go by an issue by issue basis. Yeah, they smoke weed out there. They do. It's a lot of <laughs> a lot of these issues that we face on the daily, like they don't care about CRT in Bandera, Texas or Coppers Cove, Texas mm-hmm. or whatever, because that they ain't worried about it. It ain't out there. Um, they're not really worried about trans bathrooms no. out in West Texas. Because there are very few trans people out in West if Texas. Any. If any. Because they leave. They know. <laughs> they're like, bro, I know where I live. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Hurt. Uh, so my question is is, is, is it time for Texans to win back Texas in a sense? Because I'm tired. Because even with all the all the energy that's going towards the border, the millions of dollars that are going to that. And then to your point, teachers being underpaid, a lot of uh, infrastructure issues happening across the state. Um, now this bullshit with marijuana, you know, what would prevent, you know, a, uh, the influx of illegal marijuana into the state of Texas from Mexican cartels. Do tell legal marijuana being sold Sold in in Texas Texas. and and taxed and then repurposed to make the state a better state. Yeah. It's that simple. The math is mathing. And you know okay. what? Here's something on topic, but a little bit off. I don't know. Have you noticed that gambling is basically legal across the United States right now? Yeah, basically. I mean, kickapoo. Kickapoo. <laughs> well, like even in fucking the West Side now, they have slot machines at my picnic. Allegedly. Allegedly. They had slot machines by the bingo hall in Laredo, allegedly, yeah. uh, that I won $20 on. Once. Allegedly. Allegedly. Like, yeah. And, and then with online gambling... It's out of control, and yet you have, like, I think there's a push when it comes to vices specifically, like, uh, uh, like as per usual, like, if it's if it empowers women, shut it down. If it empowers minorities and brown people, shut it down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're at in this place, in Texas at least, because in Texas, the infrastructure is not really here in a lot of ways for... Mm-hmm. The whites to like, in, like, let's say the, in a state like Denver. Denver, yeah, yeah, you know where I'm going with Denver this. Denver is not a state, but yeah, well, no, but like Colorado, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like in a state like Colorado, where it is structured in a way where when legalizing these things, same with Washington, same with a lot of California, white people just set up shop same and with took over marijuana, and all these black people that are still sitting in jail are still sitting in jail, right? You can't do that in Texas because we already are going to we corner the market, yeah. We have it here. Like, we got it. So I think that's also a big problem with it. But I do. I think it's time for Texans to... We have to to mobilize in new ways mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I we can't do this no more. We literally cannot do this. Well, with the issue Greg right. Abbott and 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 Ted Cruz and Josh Cornyn <laughs> and all the, like these motherfuckers these make our lives gotta horrible. go. Yes, and uh, gerrymandering be a thing, and that's what keeps us. Like I've always said this: like Texas is not a red state; Mm-mm. it is a purple to blue state that is being held hostage by a red legislature. That draws the maps that keeps them in power. Right. Um, And so, yeah, I think there's definitely a thing where it's like we need to be doing something about this on a local level because we. Let me backtrack a little bit. That was the tequila going in a direction that I didn't (laughs) actually have a place to go to. Um, We saw this in San Antonio recently, wherein legalizing or decriminalizing marijuana was part of was was a ballot issue that we voted on mm-hmm. last year i think it was the problem was that in order to get it on the ballot 
very similar to the immigration reform plus uh, Ukraine funding plus Israel. Um, it got lumped into one ballot reform, wherein it was like decriminalize marijuana and decriminalize this and decriminalize that and decriminalize this and decriminalize that. I and think it was it what bombed. Prop 2. Yeah. Um, and because it was like all of them, it absolutely bombed. Because they focus on like the graffiti or vandalism part of it, and people are like, "Well, I don't want vandalism and graffiti and theft in my below like a thousand dollars." Yeah, something. it was even less than that. I think yeah. it was like three hundred. It was stupid. Um, wherein, if they were individual ballot initiatives, legalization of marijuana in San Antonio would have happened. It would yeah. have happened because, like you said, more than sixty percent of Americans are like, "Well, yeah, just fucking legalize it." Like what? You know, it's causing more harm than good to keep it criminal in that we are dealing with the border crisis, in that we are dealing with an influx of people being sent to prison, in that our tax taxpayer dollars are going to prisons and not schools, in that we are losing revenue income as a state. The list goes on and on. I don't know what else to say. No, that's, like, it. Yeah. that's it. That's it. That 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 is it. Ken Paxton can go... Um, can go suck a tree stump. Yeah. I wouldn't even wish him to suck a dick because that is a glorious, glorious thing to do and a fabulous feeling. Go suck a tree stump. Okay. Yeah. This is a uh, second thing on how much for a gram. It's more or less a question. Democracy rules at, here on this pod. Do you want to talk about Eddie Bauer or Tide Bandits? If I knew either of the two, I would have an opinion. Sure. So pick one. Tide bandits. Okay. <laughs> so in a new trend on social media. Wait. What? No, keep going, but wait. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the tequila. <laughs> um, on a new trend on social media, what is going around is people are going to their local grocers. Mm. They're buying Tide. But what they're doing is, is before they buy the Tide, they get other Tide and they top off their Tide before they go and they pay for their Tide. Oh, and people are starting to get arrested for this as Tide theft and, that, and product theft. Yeah. But in the era of shrinkflation, yeah. which is a thing, yep. thoughts, how you feel? Is it a crime? Is ethically, morally, what are we, where do we stand on this as a podcast? As an anti-capitalist, steal, your heart. steal every chance you get. Yeah. I'm here for it, right? Um, however... <laughs> Get creative so you don't get caught, right? Don't Steal. post it on the internet. That's a whole generational thing that That's I'm pissed off about. Yeah, like if you're doing it, like be on the low about it. Yeah, text your friends. Exactly. Steal every chance you get. I'm so here for it. I am not going to show a personal anecdote because this is public and everything is alleged. Um, but we'll off, you know, we'll talk about it offline. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I support Tide Bandits. I support all bandits of all kinds. Free the Tide Bandits. Um, I think they should not be going to jail. You know, maybe have them pay a fine or something. I mean, I think I think it ultimately becomes a fine, but it depends because in some instances it counts as shoplifting. Sure. And, you know. The thing is, we are being robbed. we are being robbed. We, the American people, are being robbed. Yeah. All right. For you, those who don't know, inflation has gone down tremendously, but corporate greed is what's keeping the prices up on things. And then shrinkflation has yet to match inflation what it was. Mm -hmm. So we're we've been getting less, paying more, mm -hmm. and motherfuckers are tired of it. 
to to explain what shrinkflation is, it's in where like back in the day you used to pay two dollars for a 16 ounce bag of chips now you might still be paying two dollars but that bag of chips is only 11 ounces yeah and so even though the price didn't go up you're getting less for your money what shrinkflation have you noticed like i i have a few examples but you, have you noticed any? Uh, no i've only noticed inflation because a dozen eggs are still only a dozen eggs and there's no way to change that medium pizzas across America Ooh. are shorter. They're smaller. They're smaller. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember medium pizzas used to be much closer to larges, and I I was I'm a notorious medium pizza order. <laughs> Same. Because yeah. I'm just like I don't. Yeah. I'll like I'll eat a whole medium pizza, and well, I feel guilty. Absolutely. But <laughs> it's not a large, and whatever. But now it's it's a it's a small. It's it's a small. Yeah. Damn. I, or what was a small? Um. Fries, maybe French fries, similarly. French fries. Well, but then there's that that uh, it was a video that was going around that if you really measure out the French fries at McDonald's, whether it be small, medium, or large, it's all the same. Yeah, and they that's just, what we're saying. They though. just put it in a different package to where it looks like yeah. there's more, but there isn't. And that's the because problem. capitalism is bullshit. Yeah, that was the tequila talking. Cool. All right, let's get out of here. Free the Tide Bandits. Free the Tide Bandits and Eddie Barrow, whoever you are. Am I wishing you luck? No, they're cool. Oh, okay, they're fine. All right, now it's going down in the DMs. Let's see what people message us about. So this came, did you get anything in the DMs? I didn't. I never do. People don't DM me because, I don't know, people just don't DM me. Um, Put a sad sound effect on that. Y'all are bad <sighs> listeners. DM Chibi once in a while. I'm so lonely. Look, we do this for free. The least you can do is DM <laughs> us. Or when you do DM us, let us know that this is for the pod. Look, actually, if we're looking at the economics of this, we don't do this for free. We pay to do this. That's also it costs true. us a bottle of tequila. And, yeah. it, no, everything else is free. But oh. it costs us a bottle of, <laughs> of tequila every a week, week yeah. to do this. Um, but I'm so glad this came through the DMs. You and I had been talking about, like, um, when are we going to address this? Uh, because it's a controversial issue, even though we both stand on the same side of this. Um, so thank you, Copy cake for sending this through to Roosters DMs. Not mine. Take it over. So uh, this came from Copy Cake. Essentially, the city of Chicago, by a narrow margin, has voted on a uh, ceasefire resolution. And her question was really, why can't San Antonio, the city that we live and live, do the same? Do, do the same thing. You know, I was happy to see this because I did actually see videos from Chicago mm -hmm. about like when the resolution passed and people being out there and like the the rally, the march, the gathering of people for this was huge. And I commend the city of San Antonio because you are historically at negative 10 degree weather right now. And you going out and like showing support for your city passing a ceasefire resolution and you know Chicago you said San Antonio I did say San Antonio in Chicago <laughs> um to be fair that a lot of this from the cities is is a performative doesn't feel like the right word but it's non-binding non-binding right so like it doesn't actually mean much except that a entire city is now behind 
And when I say entire city, it was 50, 50, the mayor had to come in and like cast the tie vote, Um, but has been officially on record saying like, we need a ceasefire in Israel, Palestine right now because this genocide is fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. So uh, props to the city of Chicago for doing that. Hit the air horn for Chicago, Windy City, Jose Olivares, Felita Hicks, Felita Hicks, Kemi Olibi, Billy Tuggle. Um, I think also... I'm going to cut this out because I don't remember his name right now. Michael Jordan. Allegedly. Yeah. No, actually, Michael Jordan was there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stupid. Uh, That's tequila talking. So why can't San Antonio do something like this? I think there's some point to your point about not performative, but what What does it actually do? do? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're seeing this in the United Nations right now where there are Many, many, many countries that have come out in favor of permanent ceasefires. There was even a resolution that was passed being like, hey, you know, maybe you should ceasefire, question mark. But the United States vetoed mm-hmm. and the the imbalance of power between the West and other countries is tremendous. So I, I don't know. We haven't talked about this, I think, because there's just been a lot of things to talk about that are also bringing us down. And because a lot of the news about Israel-Palestine broke out when we were not here. Mm-hmm. And so it was like we would have to go back and talk about it. Um, but, yeah, we're completely against the genocide on this pod, at least, and, you know, stand against it. Facts. I think I think that it does become a question. And I guess this can be where the conversation goes, because I know you've put your name to certain like um, petitions, petitions and, and you know all of that calling for some sort of action uh, against the genocide. Social media posts and, yes. and such like that. I have not. And it's not out of like because I'm, you know, pro anything. I have been reluctant to do as much primarily because I one personally, the genocide has been really, really affecting me. I don't. I, I hate it. I don't this. And I mean, we're on the pod, so I'll talk about it. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I'm totally fine talking about it because I'm, I'm talking to my friend yeah. and, and, and I will talk to people about this. I'll talk to my friends about this. Honestly, getting into a cacophony of strangers about this it yeah. is in the United States is hard right now for yeah. me. And it's mostly because I don't, it's not, a, some people are like, well, what do you have to risk or what do you have to do this? It's like one, you don't get to like police my activism mm-hmm. And so there's that side of it. And then two, I think that I, I not to be conspiratorial, but I do, I, I have seen people losing jobs and things like that over this. And it's not that I'm afraid about that, but more to the point of, I, I want to be there when the fight is on, I guess, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And right now America isn't there on no. a lot of things. No. And this is the Joe Biden problem of it and, and going kind of full circle. This is where he is losing a lot of points mm-hmm. in the public because of this. And I completely yeah. stand by that. Like, yeah, like you are fucking up, Joe. Yeah. Like you have, we have to approach this. And I think this, this, you know, to your point is akin to wherein like, um, it is much more impactful to have one-on-one conversations with people than to just blanket post on social media, right? Yep. If somebody is, you know, like if you do find within your family, within your friends group that you stand on different sides of the issue to like have a conversation with somebody than to just be posting on social media uh, because that does seem like not that it's 
performative, right? Because it gets the word out there, right? It's bringing awareness to the issue, right? Um, so it does make an impact in some sorts. Um, but I think to answer the San Antonio question, the issue with San Antonio is that it's not, I mean, it's not the most multicultural city, Fair. you know, uh, which is definitely changing. Like I live in the medical center and apparently they're now calling like the medical center, like the little Middle East yeah. of sorts, you know, because we've had an influx of uh, Afghani refugees, of people coming from the Middle Pakistan. East and set settling in this area. You know, what used to be the you know Micho Michoacana meat market is now the Indian market down Hell the street. Yeah. So like it's it's diversifying more, but most San Antonians don't see this as an issue that affects them directly. Mm -hmm. And they're more focused on because San Antonio is basically just the United States biggest suburb. They're focused on like, well, where do my kids go to school? And that stop and, it's that stop yeah. sign down the street. Schools that, are literally getting shut down all across yes, San Antonio right yes. now for a number of reasons. And so people are putting their efforts on things that they see a more immediate impact the on their day to day life. The homeless crisis in San Antonio is getting worse. Yes, yes. And so that's why I don't see this happening in San Antonio because. The unlike border. unlike Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Like we're more invested on something that's happening a hundred miles from us than a thousand miles from us. Yeah. Um, which is why it makes For sense. For right and wrong. Like yes. completely see that point. Which is why it makes sense that in Chicago, where there is a larger population of people that have direct ties to the area, like do voice their voices louder mm -hmm. and make something happen. That isn't to say that like we shouldn't. And I think, uh, not I think, I know, because I am tied to a lot of people that live in San Marcos, Austin, Houston, and other much more diverse places that are making their voices heard. There's a march on the Capitol that's happening. Like, all of this that, like, yes, we're not staying silent about it. Unfortunately, the city itself is like, well, we got other things to deal with that immediately impact our lives. And also, yes, yes, I support you. But, like, there's, there's only so many hours in the day. And again, San Antonio is the nation's largest suburb. So it's mostly a lot of working class with children, people that have to focus on like putting food on the table and dealing with their school districts and dealing with the bad roads and dealing with, you know, like city council that doesn't listen to them and trying Poverty, to make sure they guess all of gentrification, that. <laughs> all of that. And so that's unfortunately why I think that San Antonio will not, you know, jump on this. Um but stop the genocide in Palestine. Yeah, that full stop. And that isn't to say that there aren't people in San Antonio that are voicing that as well and, mm -hmm. and doing things for it. So um, thank you to Cupcake for that. Hashtag free Palestine. Yeah, you know, that's that's all we got to say on that. Um, and that's actually an appropriate place to end. Let's roll on out of here. Any last things you'd like to share, Chabonaru? I mean, tell me, you going to AWP? I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the peeps mm -hmm. I haven't seen in a minute. Vocab's going to be there, so that's mm -hmm. cool. Uh, Edward Vidaure from Flower Song is going to be there. Shout out to Flower Song Press, who's going to be there. Shout out to Abode Press, yeah. Diamond Braxton up in uh, San Marcos, who's going to be there for the first time as in like an actual press. So we support that. Yeah. Victoria um, Valenzuela, Vinny. Uh, you going to be doing any readings? I got like one halfway lined up. But well, I'm going to need you, as your publisher, I'm going to need you to work harder. I agree. On lining up some readings at AWP so you can promote your book. You're not wrong. Okay. I do have a book signing happening at the Southern Fried Table. Uh, so I will be there. 
signing some of uh, copies of my latest book. So if you'd like to get one, order yours through Right About Now Publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, or go visit because you'll have copies yeah. on hand. I will be. I will have copies in hand. Okay. There if we go. you're in the Kansas City area, come see me. Holla at a plow. There are so many. I'm so sad because I've had so many like writers groups being like, who's going to AWP? And I'm like, not me. You know where it's at next year? Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah we're going to LA. Okay. We're going to LA. We're going to get our finances right. We're going to get our life right. Look out, LA. We're going to LA to meet the homies from LA. Yeah. What am I looking forward to? Mm, the Grammys. I'm looking forward to True Detective episode four, <laughs> Night Country. Haven't started it. So good. Issa Lopez, shout out to you. Uh, welcome on the pod. Issa Lopez is the writer and director of True Detective Ooh. season four, Night Country, and also- See, All of season four? All of it. Oh. And she was the director of a very underrated movie, one of my personal favorites, Tigers Aren't Afraid. Oh. So she is from Mexico. Is that where the workshop title came? Yeah. Ah. Magical realism. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to It's so good. I, I love it. I can't wait for it. And um, that's really it. So I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. This was kind of a long one, but uh, you know what? Y'all deserve it. We're back. That's right. Lots to talk about. And the next time we come back, there's going to be two weeks worth to talk about. So we'll see what happens. Um, this is After Two Tequila Shots. If you'd like to follow us for any uh, reason or get in contact with us, we don't have any kind of like Instagram of sorts, um, but you can contact us via After Two Tequila Shots at gmail.com. That's after the number two tequila shots at gmail.com. Or you can slide into our dms make sure to follow us follow me at r-o-o-s-t-m-t-z roost mtz on instagram and you you can follow me at gemini's g-e-m-i-n-e-y-e-s on instagram because that's really the only thing i know how to do our theme music is got it going on by john Prestone and bouncy walk by mood mode don't forget to like subscribe rate review and share helps us get the word out there now we are gonna Fuck off. BX3 Poetry Slam, we coming for you.